Hello and welcome back to Season 2, Episode 10 of the Post-Match Podcast. Delighted once again to have Josh Bunting, football journalist, back with us on the podcast. Josh has actually been away again and he's this is his second trip since August to Germany and the Bundesliga. So Josh, tell us all about your weekend in Germany. Yeah, so it was quite a little short trip. I went to Bayer Leverkusen against Freiburg on Sunday. So I flew from Dublin to Dusseldorf on Sunday morning. And then on Monday morning, I flew from Cologne back into Dublin. And I, my, I went with my friend who uh, who loves Bayer Leverkusen, um, always has. And I know you're not going to like this, Gareth, but um, he, he's an Arsenal fan. So, um, but, but I used to love you know, Kai Havertz and even before Havertz went to Chelsea. Um and I think, you know, he, he likes the culture of, of German football, the fan culture. It's still, you know, we've spoke about it on the podcast before. It's still extremely original. So yeah, obviously, you know, Bar Bar Leverkusen are on a are on such a good run of form. They're they're top of the table. Um haven't haven't been beaten this season. and I've only drawn once and that was against Bayern Munich. And an incredible game, and they actually equalised at the death, uh, Bar Leverkusen. So the show that you know they really do mean business this year. And I know it's only October, and I know that you know a lot of things. Well, the last day of October, but um, I, I know a lot of things can go wrong in a season. But on on Sunday, I was so impressed by them. Um, I was so impressed by how they moved the ball. They were just so quick, and. I I I love Javi Alonso and I love them as a footballer as well. And you know, obviously I'm a Sunderland supporter, but even when he was at Liverpool, he's one of those players that you sort of always admire. Just like on the ball, switching play and his technique, he's just a an incredible footballer. Um, so yeah, it, it was a great experience. The the Bayern Arena. I've actually been before. Um, I went with my dad. That that was my very first Bundesliga game with my dad. And funny enough, it was also the same. It was the same game. It was yeah. Barlet cruising against Freiburg, um, and Hungman's son, your mate, um, was actually a a, a Barlet cruising player at the time, um, and, and Stefan Kiesling. So, no, I had a really really good weekend. Um, I didn't actually get the game on Saturday, um, so then for once, um, I was sort of was looking after our dog because my mum was away. So, um, <laughs> there was no uh, there was no away trip to Corian with Cliftonville. So. Yeah, um, I had to do with Germany on, on on Sunday, but great experience and a really really good game. And I've just I've just been so impressed by just how Alonso's got his team playing football. Even if they didn't win the game, I still would have came out of the stadium thinking, "Wow!" Like just how they moved the ball, the quick tempo. And, and you know, there was a moment. It was about the second minute or so. And the ball went out for a throw in for Leverkusen. And Alonso was on the on the on the, obviously in his dugout, but he was moving his arms. He was like quicker, quicker, and yeah. it was just by the attack. And like it's two minutes yeah. in the game, and that's his focal point. It's just attack, attack, attack with pace. So no, really, really enjoyed it. The atmosphere, as always in Germany, was just absolutely brilliant, incredible. And uh, yeah, you said it was great, great atmosphere, great, great result for Bayern Leverkusen. Um, you mentioned Kai Havertz already there. Um. 
if we actually have a look at Bayer Leverkusen's four biggest experts, you've, you've mentioned Hodman's son as well there. So Kai Havertz uh, left for Chelsea for 80 million euros. Uh, Moussa Diaby just left in the summer there to Aston Villa for 55 million, million euros. Uh, before that, when Villa sold Grealish, they got Leon Be- Bailey in for 32 million. And then Hodman's uh, son's actually on, on the list there as well, 30 million euros. So Leverkusen, like many other German clubs, as a club that has to, this is sort of part of parcel of what it is like for them. They have to keep rebuilding all the time. But you, you actually mentioned in the summer there when you were telling me about what you thought some of the best bits of business were. So tell us a bit about some of the guys that have come in for Leverkusen this summer, Josh, that Alonso was saying. Yeah, no, I think, you know, the recruitment was good, but I, I actually think the key sort of player for Bayer Leverkusen is a player who was already there, um, Florian Wirtz. Yeah. He's just recovered from an ACL injury. And, you know, when you, when you recover from an ACL injury, when you suffer an ACL injury, you're thinking, can I get back to what I was before? Well, arguably, I think Florian Wirtz has actually got back better than, yeah. than what he was under Alonso. His, his goal, and, and if the listeners, and if you haven't seen this goal, I would advise you to go on YouTube and just yeah. put in the highlights from the weekend. His feet were absolutely incredible. Um, have you seen the goal, Gar? Yeah, I, no, uh, I, I saw it. it, 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 it the first thing I thought about when I saw it, it reminds me of a goal Mo Salah scored against Spurs at Wembley. Uh, and, and Salah's actually scored that same goal a few times. But I, I would actually go out, I would actually put it out there. I think it's better because it, 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 there, there's, it looks like there's more players he has to take it on. Um, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a fantastic goal. Yeah, definitely check it out if you're listening. Um, what a great player. Um, yeah. But, but he, he, he could be the next sort of player coming to the Premier League. So that, that's what I meant to say there. The, the, four, the four biggest experts of Leverkusen have all ended up in the Premier League. Um, but yeah, no, foreign birds, um, really exciting. And, and probably, probably really encouraging for Germany as well. They've got the Euros next summer, Josh. Uh, and you'd be hoping he would be in that team there, um, a very young side as well. Yeah, I, I would be surprised if he isn't in that team. I think obviously Germany have appointed Julian Nagelsmann as, as their coach. Um, I would very much see Wirtz as a Nagelsmann player and, and, and how Nagelsmann sort of his foundations and, and how he sets up. I would be pretty sure that Wirtz will be in that German squad. And now, to answer your original question, um, I look at who Bayer Leverkusen have signed. And obviously the one that jumps out is, is Victor Boniface um, up front. And he, he has done the business so far. He actually, he, it was funny, at the, at the weekend there, he actually didn't have a shot on target. But his link-up play, he was dropping deep. He, he was just, he was brilliant. And it's not often that you will say, oh, striker was brilliant and he didn't have a shot on target. But it was just more that the work he was doing, he was dropping in deep. And his his technique is he's a big guy, like he's a big, powerful guy, but his technique was really surprising. I've this is the that's the first time I've obviously watched a lot of him on TV and stuff in the Europa League and you know, he played for Union St. Gilles uh, and um Belgium. But I've watched a good bit of Leverkusen this year actually on TV, um in the Europa League as well. And he always has impressed me, but when you actually watch him live, he's just different level in terms of dropping in deep, getting the ball on the half turn, and he's very quick as well. 
So uh, he, he has that sort of element that he can run beyond defenders. So I was really, really impressed with him. Um, and I think, obviously, he has made a big impact. He scored quite a few goals for Leverkusen so far. Um, but, yeah, uh, I've generally been... Re- like, obviously, they've got Nathan Teller as well. Now, Nathan Teller was a big part of Burnley getting promoted last year from the Championship. Um, and then they, they bought him for 18 million in the summer. But he was he's only sort of been in and out. He's, he, he came off the bench for the last five minutes or so on Sunday. Didn't really have much time to make an impact. But what I've enjoyed with Alonso so far is, I think instead of saying the recruitment was a big thing, I think this is going to sound a bit bizarre, but he reminds me a bit like Eddie Howe at Newcastle in terms of he's improved the players who have already been there. He's sort yeah. of taken them to a new level. And I know it's only, like I keep saying, I know it's only like October, the last day of October here. But I just think, you know, the team looks happy at the minute. Obviously, they are happy. They're top of the league. But they, they look a lot different in terms of their approach. Um, the games, they just look like they, they can keep on winning. And they don't look like that drop of four minutes is going to come. Like, obviously, in the Bundesliga, you I still think Bayern Munich will win the league. I really do. Um, I just think they have got look. Bayern Munich have got two players of really high quality in each position, and then obviously now you've got Harry Kane who's scoring pretty much every week. There's a hat trick at the weekend, and that's what I just think Bayern have. You know, and they've done it before. They've got the mentality to hit through. But what I've enjoyed about the Bundesliga for the last, well, hopefully it does continue this season. But last season, it went to the final day, the title race, and, and Borussia Dortmund threw it away. But I would love Bar Lev- Leverkusen or whoever, if anybody hits a run of form and, and, and sorts of challenges near the top, to really have a go at Bayern this year. And I think that's what we have missed in the Bundesliga. And like Bayern really have won, have won at what, 11 in a row? Um, yeah. Yeah, so I hope it's 10 in a row or 11 in a row. I can't remember. I think it is 11. Yeah. Um, but. Hopefully this year they can, a bit like last year, they can really someone can really challenge them, and I hope it is that that Leverkusen team. I really do. Yeah, well, I mean, it it, it is good to see Leverkusen there, and and hopefully they are there to stay. But you know, if you look at where they were last year, they actually finished twenty one points behind Bayern and Dortmund. So uh, it definitely is a, a step in the right direction. Um, they've won three out of three games in the Europa League group as well. Um, the good thing about that is if, if, you, if you top your group, you actually avoid uh, an extra two-legged tie as well. Um, one of the reasons United came unstuck last year, I think, is that they, they had that additional two-legged tie. Um, and that, I think the Europa League could, could hurt them this year um, in terms of, especially if they get in, like, into those proper ladder rounds, like a quarterfinal or something like that. You know, they don't have a huge squad compared to what Bayern Munich have. And then obviously... Thursday to Sunday, I think it's a big thing. And I think Thursday to Sunday affects a lot of team seasons where Bayern will be playing, you know, your Tuesday, Wednesday nights. And also, like the, like we've said, they have a huge squad anyway, Bayern Munich. They've got two high-quality players in, in every position, which Bayern Leverkusen really don't. Um, so I think that might affect them, um, that the Europa League. So... If if you're Javi Alonso, of course you want to attack in all four fronts, but this week now it's the DFA DFB Pokal Trophy, and I think that's a really good competition for 
if Bayern Leverkusen don't go to win the league, they can sort of they can go and win a cup of leagues. Because I think the way they're playing at the minute, they deserve to win something. Like they they deserve to, you know, have a real challenge of going to win something. And if they're looking back at the end of the season and thinking we were actually so close, well, how hard how how heartbreaking would that be? Um, so but it, it is what it is. It's it's a bit like in England. I mean, I know Spurs. You're very very happy at the minute. Um, but you have to you have to look at City and think, yeah, they're probably going to win the Premier League anyway. Um, so it's like Spurs season, for example. Spurs maybe going and try to really go for the FA Cup or something. So I think that's sort of the same as as, as what Bayer Leverkusen need to do. I think you know keep chipping away in the league, but I think realistically, Bayern will pip them to it. Um. Like I say, squad depth is massive, and that's what Man City have in England, and, and it's the exact same as Bayern in Germany. Yes, yeah, it's, it's interesting you mentioned. Um, I kind of smiled while you said it, everybody. What we sort of said, Bayern Leverkusen not winning a trophy. So, for for people who don't know much about the Bundesliga or Bayern Leverkusen, there will be a lot of people who, who refer them to uh, as Neverkusen. And sadly, that's because in 2002, they lost the league in the last day of the season. They lost the uh, the Pockel Cup final and they lost the Champions League final um, to Real Madrid once it scored that, that brilliant volley. Uh, and then in 2000, they actually, I think they threw away a, a five-point league with three games to go. But Joyce, although they're called Neverkusen, that, that doesn't tell the full story. So they um, Leverkusen were actually promoted to the Bundesliga in 1979 and they have remained in the top tier ever since. Uh, they've been runner-up five times without winning it, so that's an unwanted record, uh, and their nickname Bayern Neverkusen. But they they have actually won the German Cup in '93, and, and when you're at the game there as well, they do actually refer to winning the the UEFA Cup in 1988 in one of their songs. So tell us a bit about that, because I know that you know when you're at the Dortmund game, they have their songs they sing as well. So tell us a bit about that side of the game. Uh, yes, the yeah, yeah. So um, it's actually funny. Um, before the game, obviously they have like their hymn, it's like their anthem. Um, and in Germany, I find them there's like obviously it's a tradition, but I, I, it really gets like the stadium going before the game, and that's something that we don't really have in England. It's like glory, glory, Tottenham Hotspur, but you know, or glory, glory, Man United, or whatever. Liverpool, you'll never walk alone is, is the only one that I think, okay, yeah, this is sort of. That sort of tradition, where in Germany that every every club kind of has a song, um. So obviously, Bayer Leverkusen have theirs, and they mentioned it goes. I, I don't know the lyrics. I don't speak German, sadly. Um, I'm not a very good singer, so I'll not try to sing it. Um, but they do mention obviously winning the UEFA Cup in in '88, and um, so it's it shows you that like you said that their history is there. They have won a European trophy. Um, but I actually said this to a friend who was with. It's extremely hard for these clubs to compete with Bayern. Uh, you say Bayern, I meaning obviously, you know they usually go out and buy those type of their best, their rivals' best players. Or, you know, I think Florian Burtz, if he keeps going how he's going, will probably go at the end of the season to maybe a Premier League or a Real Madrid or something like that. Um, it's just it's a shame really because those clubs can't really compete financially with Bayern Munich because they have to sell their best products. Um, and I think that would be such a shame this year if Leverkusen don't win something, like I say, with this group of players. But the songs before the game, 
they just I don't know they just get the whole stadium going and they get the atmosphere going and um it's sort of like the the it was uh, the North Curva on on Sunday um that really got the really started singing that song um you know and and obviously that's where their ultras are there I was actually I was up uh, I was up on the second tier really good seat but like I could see like right down below me um was the was the ultras. And when that song came on, they they started it, and then everybody else followed. So I really like it. And then you know when the flags start waving, when the songs are on, and it's just a whole different atmosphere. And like their football culture is 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 is, is, is a football culture for me is dying in England. Um, but in Germany, it, it's why it's one of the main reasons why I like going to Germany, just to see that football culture and to see the fans and oh, amazing experience, amazing. Yeah, and it's, it's it's not just uh, competing with with Bayern Munich for for a club like Bayern Bayer Leverkusen, which uh, you know it's not one of the the biggest cities and and what's a really competitive area. So you've got the you know you you've even said there you know you'll fly into Dusseldorf and you'll fly out of Cologne. So obviously Dusseldorf doing well in the second division. But if we look at the top tier in Germany, uh, it's known as the Rhine or metropolitan region. So you've got Dortmund. Borussia Mönchengladbach, huge history there as well. Bochum, um, who huge support. Cologne, huge support as well there. And then, and, and then, and then Bayer Leverkusen. Um, you mentioned the 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 fan culture as well, and we did speak about this when we did our fan culture episode when you were at the the Dortmund game and the Düsseldorf game. So I've had a look look back at some of that information from that podcast. So the standing season ticket is 180 euros for the season. So that, that's brilliant. And I'm sure you get really good really good value, you know, good atmosphere for the games you're going to there as well. And then even a, the cheapest seat um, is, is 290 euros as well, which was actually in the, the top three cheapest in the, in the entire league. So really, really good value there if you're, if you're a Leverkusen fan. Um, and then they're spending, you know, quite a few seasons in Europe as well uh, lately. Um, just to touch a little bit on the their opponents, Freiburg. So, what what did what did you think of them? I know it was a close game in the end. Well, it was a close game in the end, but it shouldn't. Have, I don't know if you watched it or if any of the viewers watched it, but it shouldn't have really been a close game. Um, Leverkusen mauled them for a good majority of it, and the Freiburg goal came about with a cross was by Vincelo Guella. He 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 put it in, and then it was met by a header that looped into the. The far corner. It was a good header, but Freiburg didn't threaten. They could hardly get out. First half, I I think I could I could count on one hand how many times they actually got out of their own half. Um, Leverkusen's press was was so good, and Leverkusen was just keeping the ball and just moving it really really quickly. Um, and obviously, you know, it was a, it was sort of a, it was obviously Leverkusen went in one 0 up at half time, but they were quite unfortunate not to be. You know, two or three up. They had they had the chances. They're a bit wasteful, I thought, um, on Sunday. But fair play to Freiburg. They made it difficult for them in terms of the dug in, and they were quite well organized. I mean, the goal from Verts is a moment of magic, and then the second goal, Jonas Hoffman hits one. Um, it was a good move, good build up play, but Hoffman hits it and it hits the post, and then it obviously hits the Freiburg keeper who's already diving because. The, the shot has hit the post, but he, he's obviously tried to make the save before it hits the post, and then it bounces off his back and goes in for an own goal. But so there were quite it was a moment of magic, and then it was quite of a moment of fortune, maybe. Um, for, for, for Leverkusen in the game, I thought Freiburg 
going forward, I thought it would have been better, I'll be honest. Um, but some, they, they couldn't really get the ball, to be honest. Um, but they were, they were quite well organised and they will... Uh, it's not every day. They'll not be judged in that game, obviously. Um, away from home against a team who are going to look like they're going to compete for the title this year. So... I think Freiburg, you know, they'll they'll do quite well again. I think they'll finish around eighth, ninth position, uh, something around there. Maybe a little bit higher, might go into the Conference League, something like that. Um, obviously they're in the Europa League this year, so who who knows how they'll do in that? And if they qualify, then the same thing might happen. They might be knocked off league form because Europa League quite demanding. Um, but yeah, I thought they were they were well organized. They just didn't offer anything of real note going forward. Yeah, like you said, in, in, in Europe this year, and they've actually spent you know two or three seasons in Europe uh, since they came runner up in, in the Pokal uh, to, to Leipzig a few seasons ago. But yeah, they've actually sort of they're in West Ham's group after three games, they're joint top. Um, they've already defeated Olympiacos, and Olympiacos in turn have just beat West Ham, uh, and then Freiburg won their game on Thursday, so, they're, so they've got six points from three games there. Um, even if they fall in the third place there, this is the last season that'll happen. They'll, they'll actually fall in the Europa, Europa Conference. So, for a team like Freiburg, if they were to drop in the Europa Conference, they'd be looking there into the knockouts of that tournament and thinking, right, this is really our level here. This is a great opportunity to win a competition. And I do think these clubs, you know, you look how well the Dutch teams have done in the last couple of years. Um, that that's actually really helped there. The the coefficient of, of Holland um in the last couple of years as well. So I'm sure. It'd be good to see Freiburg go and achieve something like what Frankfurt did a few years ago. But yeah, um, always great to hear about the Bundesliga, Josh. Uh, hopefully you'll be back again in, in the not-too-distant future. Um, interestingly enough, when we had the, the great big sort of COVID restart uh, behind closed doors, Sky Sports were running articles, you know, telling each Premier League club, you know, based on based on your club, who you should support. Spurs probably was, Bayer Leverkusen. <laughs> given, <laughs> you know, given, given the way things are. But um, just tell us a bit of a story that Joyce there that come up in the last couple of weeks there about a friendship you made uh, with a supporter of another team from a different country during COVID. Just tell us about how that came about and, and what happened a few weeks ago. Yeah, so obviously everybody who knows me knows that I, I'm, a, I'm an absolute freak in terms of watching football and you know, COVID was a disaster because obviously when the Premier League and the Championship stopped, you thought, "Oh, what is what's going to be on?" But then obviously, you were you weren't going to work in the morning. Well, I wasn't obviously because you know COVID, and for people who don't know me as well, I work in a school, so um, there was no no school at the time. So um, I uh, watched the A League. So. For everybody who, for anybody who doesn't know what the A League is, it's Australian football. Um, I, I, I was just so desperate to watch football, and then I picked a team called the Newcastle Jets. And people remember, like, okay, you support Sunderland, and you like the team called Newcastle, <laughs> but they, they aren't black and white. They actually were red and blue. Um, and there's a a boy from Northern Ireland who plays in the Irish League now. He was playing for them. Um, at the time, he actually Bobby Burns and, um. Speedy recovery to Bobby Burns. He broke his jaw at the weekend playing for Glentorn against Crusaders. But um, yeah, so I I picked uh, the Newcastle Jets as my team and I put it on Twitter. Now I know on his X. Um, like obviously I tweet a lot about football and like live games. So I kind of just said I really enjoy something along the lines of really enjoyed Newcastle Jets performance and 
if there's any fans to follow me, blah blah blah. So anyway, that did happen. Um, and got speaking to a lot of fans, and then one of the fans is called Anthony Anthony Bassett. Um, so obviously you know was watching Jets and talking to the Jets fans about the season and stuff like that. Um, and I still follow. I'll still follow them now. They actually kicked off. The A League just sort of kicked off a few weeks ago again. Um. They started the season with a draw against Perth Glory, um, which wasn't actually too bad of a result. Um, but anyway, like you say, a few weeks ago, um, Anthony was actually here in Belfast. Um, he his girlfriend's mum lives in lives in Northern Ireland, so they both came over to visit to visit her. Um, and I got a I I I think I was at a Kevlo game. Yeah, I think it was the Institute game a few weeks ago in the, in the League Cup because it was midweek. And he said on, 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 on X, he said, um, what are you doing tomorrow? I'm in Belfast. And I thought, no, you're not. I thought, sure, this guy is not in Belfast. Um, <laughs> anyway, I replied, um, I'm going to work. And um, and then he says, do you want to meet after work? Which which I did do. Um, so I met him in Belfast. And um, a great guy, an absolute gentleman. So, and I always say the power of social media is, is, is quite crazy. So, from watching Newcastle Jets from COVID to actually meeting one of the guys who followed me in Belfast a few weeks ago is probably one of the best things that's happened to me in terms of football. Um, yeah. one of the night it's just an amazing story, and he actually brought me a Newcastle Jets scarf and hat, um, which is just an incredible gesture to be fair. Um, so yeah, um, a re- a gentleman and and. Obviously, I hope he's listening to the podcast. Um, I actually probably will send this to him later, and hopefully, if he isn't listening, he will be. Um, but I just a complete gentleman, and it's it's why I love football as well because you meet people from all over the world, and you know, you sort of you stay in contact a little bit, and just uh, yeah, no, just an amazing story, really. Yeah, really, just 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 sums up. How things sometimes you know life moves on as well at a fast pace and you don't reflect too much, but it just just shows you what it was like during COVID as well. You know we all we all I think we all realised how much we missed football, how much we missed fans in the stadium. I remember when the Euros started again and we had fans back in the stadiums. So I was like that you know you realise how much you took that for granted, having you know watched these games with the, the fake fan noise and things like that, Josh. Yeah. But yeah, no great great story there. Um. And Anthony, if you do eventually listen to this, um, I will be posting up as well because there was a nice picture there of, of Josh and yourself holding up the Newcastle Jet scarf. Uh, for anyone listening, you can have a look at it. So check it out. It's not a Sunderland fan holding up a black and white one. It's, it's different colours there as well, like Josh said. But moving moving on from the Newcastle Jets to your 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 main team, Sunderland. Just uh, since we've last spoke, um, some mixed results there. But uh, after fourteen games, you're three points off third place. So just summarise what it's been like for Sunderland this season so far, Josh. Yeah, obviously a really enjoyable season so far again. Um, obviously, we had three defeats in a row against Middlesbrough, Stoke and Leicester. Um, but the Leicester game, we were outstanding. We were outstanding against Leicester. And Leicester are going to walk away with the league, in my opinion. I think they will win it so comfortably. But we were so unlucky not to get a draw out of that game. And like Leicester fans were saying that we, we were the best team to play them so far this season. Which obviously we we've lost the game, but when you read that, you're like, okay, this is really encouraging, um, because we gave them a real good go that night. Anthony Patterson 
to his credit, made a few really, really good saves in Southern goal to prevent us maybe getting beaten a little bit more. But we we, we had chance, we had chances in the game. Abdullah Ba had a massive chance. Um, so yeah, no, look, it's been really, really good again. The football's been refreshing, and you know, people moan and moan and moan and moan, and football fans drive me crazy to be honest, because you know people after the sort of the second defeat against Stoke, they're like. Oh, Tony Mowbray's not good enough. Tony Mowbray out in this. And they're like, Tony Mowbray is the man who brought us to the playoffs last year when nobody expected us to be anywhere near the playoffs. My my kind of thinking when we got promoted from League One was last year was just to stay up. Just consolidate and just stay up in the championship. We got the playoffs. And this year would have been the year that I would have said, actually, let's go and try to challenge for the playoffs. But obviously last year we got to the playoffs and this year we've shown we're more than capable of going to get in the playoffs. So no, look, it's been it's been another really, really good season so far. Um, despite obviously those three defeats in a row. But on Saturday we got back to winning ways, um, beat Norwich three one, coming from a goal behind. And I was actually reading we're two points better off now than we are at this stage from last season. And arguably this season's been much tougher in terms of fixture wise already. So we have our next couple of games. We've got Swansea at the weekend. We've got Birmingham at home, who on the really can't really seem to buy a win at the minute. And then we've got Plymouth away. So they're your next three games, and you're thinking, yeah, let's see. But they could very much be nine points. Um, in those in those games, we should have the quality to to pick up wins there. Um. So we we have a good run of fixtures ahead of us. We've played a, a lot of the best teams in the league already, but you know yourself, the championship is such a it's such a demanding league, um, that teams can just take points off kind of much of anybody. Um, so yeah, um, it's been a really really refreshing season again, playing good football, and even when you get beat, you're, this is the wrong word, but you, you don't enjoy it, but you're sort of saying, all right, we've played, we've played well there, but we just haven't. It just hasn't clicked today or whatever. Like We just haven't been clinical enough. And it's frustrating, of course, it's frustrating. But it's not like when it was back in League One when you got beat, you just felt, oh, this is crap. Like mm. Now you're like, okay, we've had a real go. Um, and the Leicester game, I thought, you know, Leicester are a far better side than us. I, I'll say that. Leicester are a much better side than us. Leicester will win the league easily. Like For me, they've already won it. And it's yeah. November. You know what I mean? For me, they will go up with champions. And for us to go out and have a real go with them and to play as well we did, after that game I thought, okay, we played really well. I'm not even upset that we've lost the game. We've had a really good go. We've created chances and we've shown that we're good enough for this level or this this sort of like top six. So, yeah. um, I mean, I've really enjoyed it. Obviously, you know, you've got the magic of Jack Clark. January is going to be fun. Um, Not. Um, because I think clubs will be all over him again. Um, Premier League clubs will, will be all over Jack Clark. And he's been an absolute joy to watch. But we've just got so many players who are quite who are quite similar. But you know they're all really nice to watch. So no, uh, yeah, I'm really really positive about the season again. I, I've really really enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean you, you've mentioned there the importance of staying calm and and tricky situations where you know you lose three games in a row. But um, we're at that stage now of the season now where, where managers are starting to be in sacked. We look at Bristol City, um, sacked their manager, 
But if you actually look at that, you know, really, where are they expecting to be given the players have lost, you know, the impact Alex Scott had last year and the championship, you know, and they've lost him and probably, you know, haven't replaced him. Um, if you actually look at another club who, yourselves, you said quite right here in, the, in League One not long ago, you got to, uh, from League One the championship the previous season and, and exceeded expectations in making the playoffs. But if you look at another huge club, Sheffield Wednesday, come up from the come up from League One, they have just been awful. Now you predicted this in in, in pre season when we did our prediction episode. They have been awful, but not just that. They they I think they they now need like to gather together two million. Um, and the, I think the chairman sort of said if X amount of um if everyone gives like a hundred quid, you know we 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 can get this money cleared. And you're thinking, what what way is that to run a club? Um. And again, I don't think they even have too many players that they could sell in January uh, as well. Yeah. But, you know, so there's other clubs there. You know, look at Reading as well. That You know, I listened to the phone-ins there as well with some of the Reading fans, you know, and they're just, they're, they're, they're actually on the back of United, my United fans complaining. Reading fans were like, look, we, what we would we would dream about being like a top-end League One club or, or bottom, bottom of the League Championship club now. But it's just financially, you know, they're now talking with Mike Ashley coming in uh, to yeah. Reading. To rescue them and, and he even sort of says you know things are that bad that we'll probably take that at the minute because there's no, there's nobody else interested so i think yeah quite rightly so josh you said that you know a lot of fans are re- reactionary it's always been that way but i think it's a good time to reflect and realize you know the best thing you've got at sunder at the minute is you do have that stability with tony mowbray when, when you are losing games you know you come away and think right well we played well today so you know maybe the next week you know we'll get the results but yeah, it's it's as always. It's a really really competitive league, the championship. And if you look from say positions three down to positions twelve, and there'll probably be one or two breakthrough from the bottom half of the table to, to maybe make into the top six. But it should be a really really interesting season. But like you've touched on as well, uh, January should be fun. So hopefully, if you hold on to all your players, maybe add some of you can have a real push for those playoffs. Competing with clubs like you know bigger budgets there you know like Leeds uh, as as well who've dropped down, but yeah really interesting. Um, but just to summarise, we'll we'll have a wee bit of go back to the 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 Premier League chat as well. Um, I might as well talk about it because it could could be over uh very soon. You know you you know it's it's nice to be five points clear at the league. That we we knew that was always going to be just for for twenty four hours, given that you know it is we do have so many teams in really good form there, you know, Liverpool, Villa, uh, Arsenal and, and City, uh, as well as ourselves. So it should be really interesting. But um, it's actually our best start to league since the last time we won it in 1961, when my dad was 11 years old. So, <laughs> so there you go. Um, but yes, yeah, so it's, just, it's, just, it's just, but a bit like yourself, um, I'm coming away from games and I'm watching it and thinking, you know, Maybe not recently, you know, we deserve to beat Fulham, we deserve to beat Palace, but the likes of the Arsenal game where we drew, even the Liverpool game, you know, you, you know, you wouldn't have come away, you would have come away disappointed, but you can still see what the team's trying to do. And I think we're all, as Spurs fans, really happy at the minute as well, because we know whatever happens this season, we're going to build upon it. Ange himself has said we can only get better. Uh, and that that just you know really you know especially and he actually said we can really get better attacking you know as well we will score we'll start to score more goals now I think we've in, in every game but one when we had ten men for half half the game against Luton we've scored two or more goals which really you know losing Harry Kane in the summer would have been a huge worry um, 
obviously the worry, like like many other, you know, all other clubs will sit and say the same thing. But the real worry now is is picking up an injury to either Madison's son or or Romero or Van de Ven because you know we won't be be able to play the same. Um, but I'd like to give a bit of credit to Hoiberg. I think he's done really well coming in. Uh, for Basuma, Basuma was taken off early uh, on on Monday night there because he, if they picked up a foot and he would have missed the Chelsea game. So, um, but yeah, and, and I do think now Brennan Johnson's going to come in, and I think we'll, we'll see him starting. So we might get more, start to get more goals now as well with his added pace. But yeah, I just I just wanted to know your thoughts, not not just on Spurs, but just the Premier League as a whole. Uh, how refreshing, Josh, is it to see Spurs, Villa. Um, you know, up until a few weeks ago, Brighton had been doing well, some good results. Uh, Newcastle as well. So, how how refreshing is it to have you know so many teams, um, in there? You know, the last time I spoke to you, I think City had won six out of six, and it was looking like here we go again. They're going to walk this. But so, how refreshing has it been? You know, after no, ten years. Yeah, no, it's 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 fantastic, and it's like like it's about like I said, but like the Bundesliga, like we spoke about earlier. I would love to see like Spurs really have that momentum, or like an Arsenal, really just bring it until the final day of the season. Really push City as as, as hard as they can, and who knows, City could. City people teams have shown that you can go and beat Man City, so you know what I mean. I would love to see a different winner in the Premier League again this year. But yeah, no, it is refreshing, and I hope it really is. Like obviously, I hope the title race continues just as long as it possibly can. I've loved how Spurs have played football. Um, I've just loved how refreshing Postecoglou's been in the Premier League. He's he's taking risks in games. You know, he he's just attack, 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 which I absolutely love. Um, no, so yeah, it has been refreshing. It's been really enjoyable. Um, Aston Villa, like you say, another complete breath of fresh air. Um, another side who will just attack you and attack you and attack you. We've got goals from everywhere so no I've actually I actually have enjoyed this Premier League season because there has been those teams that are that are really looking much better than in a much better situation than what they were in Spurs Villa and you know it, it shows you that anybody in the Premier League can beat anybody um, like for example obviously you know we had Barry Munich in the weekend beating Darmstadt 8-0 now that, I know Darmstadt had two players sent off but that doesn't look good for the Bundesliga. I know there has obviously been the nine nils, Leicester, Southampton, whatever, in, in the Premier League. But it shows you. I think there's more in the Premier League. There's more of that. Anybody can beat anybody. So no, it has. It has been. It's been a really, really enjoyable campaign so far. Yeah, I mean, you look at Wolves. One of the teams that beat Man City so far is Wolves. Um, and I think to be fair. They, they have been brilliant. Uh, Gary O'Neill, who spoke, spoke so well on, I think it was on Monday Night Football, possibly. Or, football, yeah. yeah, and he spoke so well. It's really, really, you know, he, he more or less put all his cards on the table. So, you know, he's, he's, not, he's not hiding what, what he what he's trying to do, which really enjoyed that. I hope they, hope they keep that up. Um, but, yeah, Wolves. Um, so, if you look last year, you know, uh, this came up in a conversation. I thought it was, it was a funny answer, but, you know, it was an Arsenal fan basically saying, you know, the, re- the reason we didn't win the league is because nobody else took points off City, and he was right, but then someone mm-hmm. someone sort of said straight away, well, you lost them twice, so you didn't help yourselves. But I do understand what, what he was saying was really, you know, if, he, if other teams take points off City, you know, it does give everyone else a chance. And if I'm looking at, say, 
City going away to Villa or going away, you know, they've already lost at the, at the Emirates. If they start to go away, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll definitely have a tough game at Anfield like they always do. So, you know, if there's more teams picking each other off, um, because there's so many teams are strong at home now, it, it will make for a really interesting season. But there's always that, you know, with Man City, they, they can just click, you know, you'll have De Bruyne coming back. Their defence is so strong now, with so many strong options there. Um, you know, even at the weekend there in the Manchester Derby, you know, they, they didn't give United a minute. You know, you're expecting a 2 0 down, you're expecting the kitchen sink to be thrown. Um, the City defend it really well. Uh, and then your players like Foden, who, who you're just starting to get better and better, and Doppy coming on there as well. But no, it's, it's really, really, really interesting. I've been really enjoyed it myself. Um, for whatever happens now at the end of the season, like we've said before, I just really enjoy seeing good football and just knowing that that cloud has been lifted. Of, of the days of you know the low block that we spoke about so much in the, in the season one of the podcast but Josh appreciate you coming back on um, we will ha- catch up with you next week or, or the week after because I know you're going over to Amsterdam so you're going to be or, or you're going to be taking an AX game is that right? Yeah so this Thursday the 2nd of November I'm off work this week it's half term um, Halloween hey. um, so yes I'm actually going to watch bottom of the league Ajax on Thursday against uh, forgive me if there's any Dutch listeners but and, and this pronunciation but Waldenham so yeah. they they are well, they won at the weekend so I think they got themselves in the third bottom um, so it's a really big game actually um, <laughs> absolutely I mean I, I sort of said it to my friend who was with who was with the, the live accusing game I sort of said to him like it's this is actually a pretty cool time to go and watch Ajax. Because to say that I actually went to watch Ajax when Ajax were bottom of the league, no, I, it, it's it's pretty it's pretty strange to say that. Yeah, really, yeah, really, really fascinating what what's what's going on there. Um, I think a lot of the games, you know, there've been fan violence, so a lot, a lot of games have been called off and things like postpone, postponements and abandonments and things like that as well. So yeah, it's just it's just unheard of, just unheard of. It's never happened in their history. Um, yeah. Which, which, so really interesting to, to catch up with you and, and we'll get a bit of insight in, into the Dutch league. Uh, Eindhoven and Farnham are doing really well there. Uh, SC20 as well, Steve McLaren's old team. Um, yeah. But yeah, good good to see the, the Dutch teams doing well. I think they're, 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 as I said before, they're starting to do a bit well, uh, better in Europe now as well, which which can only be a good thing. Um, so there you go. But Josh, once again, uh, pleasure to have you back on the pod. And no thanks Thanks everyone for listening. Goodbye.